professor started out, he said, I ask this question every year, is there anybody here who believes that God exists? And this student raised his hand. The professor walked over and pointed at him and he said, we're gonna spend the rest of the semester telling you why this guy is an idiot. This student didn't cower, he didn't retreat, he didn't pull back, he used the tools that we train them to use at Worldview Academy Leadership Camps to ask questions throughout the semester of the professor. At the end of the semester, the professor said, again, how many of you still believe that God exists? Over 15 students raised their hands with this student. everyone and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast where our goal is to help you thrive in your homeschool journey. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen or watch including YouTube and leave us a good review if this podcast has been helpful for you. Leaving a review also helps other homeschool parents like you find our podcast. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Today, I continue with part two of my conversation with Bill Jack. Bill is co-founder of Worldview Academy and a popular national speaker on the importance of biblical worldview and servant leadership. If you missed part one, be sure to go back and listen to it. And now stay tuned for the rest of our conversation as we discuss the importance of biblical worldview training and raising up a generation who has the vision to reach their culture with the gospel. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. You know, when I speak to audiences, I have to go back and explain. I mean, this is not a criticism. It's just an observation. You can't say Daniel or you can't just call out character names from the Bible. You need to give background information because a lot of young moms have grown up in a totally secular culture, secular education um, without the church. Yes. In fact, at faculty have noticed that when they call out a, a Bible reference, we'll watch students go to the index to try to find where that is. And we're not talking about obscure passages. We're talking about New Testament gospel passages. Right. And wow. we're seeing more and more of that. And so the confusion 
and the biblical illiteracy has led to something even worse, and that is to an arrogance on the part of of some students to the point where they go, yeah, I know that's what God says, but I think that's frightening. Yeah. Then that leads to a lack of concern for liberty. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to go back and unpack that for me a little bit. Tell me, because of course I see that all the time because liberty and freedom has been since I was threatened with jail for homeschooling. I mean, that's been one of my mantras. But tell me how one thing leads, how that thing leads to a lack of concern about liberty, saying I think. Right. Because there is such confusion and because they don't know what Scripture says, then whoever is in authority is the one who has to say. When I was going to college, the, the mantra was question authority. Mm-hmm. That's right. That is not what we're seeing today. It is just go along, do what we tell you, and get in line and get in step. And we saw that with the so-called pandemic. It was such a divisive event. It was such a critical event in establishing who has authority. We have replaced big G God with big G government. And what used to be the mantra of students to question authority is no longer there. It is, well, they're from the government. They must be here to help me. They're from the government. I must do what they say. And even churches have misinterpreted Romans chapter 13 to to make it blind obedience rather than obedience to true authority. So we, we have not taught jurisdiction in our churches. It's not that if we taught jurisdiction, it would solve the problem, but we would not be as far down the road toward tyranny if we did teach jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is who has the right to speak law where. For example, right. I can't go into your house and put my stuff in your fridge. It, it's your fridge. It's your house. Right. It's your jurisdiction. Okay. So we've got, we've got the state. We've got the family, we've got the church, and we've got the employer-employee relationship. And it just gives us the pegs on which to hang different issues. For example, as you have experienced and why you are doing what you're doing now, does the state have an interest in having an educated citizenry? Absolutely. Should the state be in charge of education? Absolutely not. Whose jurisdiction is that? It is the jurisdiction of the parents. Okay, when when my kids were little, when your kids were little and they needed five bucks, where did they go? They didn't go down to the bank. They didn't call their congressman. Yeah, they they went to you and you said, Uh no, go see your dad. And they went to dad and he said, no, go see your mom. You know how that went, okay? But, But the first line of defense against poverty If there is need in the family, it's the family. Ah, but what if there is no family? So the the jurisdiction welfare should not be the concern of the state, either corporate welfare or welfare for those who are vagrant. So it's the family. But what if there is no family? Well, James says this is pure and undefiled religion to care for widows and orphans. It then falls to the church. If we just understood jurisdiction and where to put these different issues, where to hang them on the different pegs, 
we could sort the issues that we're now giving up to the control of the state. The state has become Pac-Man. It has gobbled up all the... Now, nobody remembers Pac-Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pac-Man. It was a game. I, and think, you, and... I think Pac-Man has made a resurgence, actually. <laughs> but you never won that game. You may have gotten a few extra lives, but, but eventually, you know, it just gobbled up everything. That's what's happening. We are so out of balance in our culture because we don't know what Scripture says. We don't know the biblical basis for true authority, and that's one of the lectures we give at camp. You know, what to do when somebody in a position of authority says, you as a Christian cannot speak here, you can't meet here, you can't pass out literature here. How is a Christian to respond in the face of someone who has authority? And we teach the biblical basis for true authority. And what it does is it allows students to begin to see these issues and have once again a regard for liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is there liberty. Is liberty. That's right. Yes. Amen, brother. So where there right. is a there is a a lack of concern and regard for liberty generally in the culture, and I'm seeing that even reflected in the students with whom I deal. And again, I'm dealing mm -hmm. with with a very upper crust group of students who are committed to Jesus, who who and want to have an impact in culture. All right. When you say upper crust, you're not talking about financially. You're no, talking I'm talking about no. spiritually. Yeah. That yes. had yeah. Okay. These are these are mature students. They have committed to to Jesus. They want to grow in their faith. They want to make a difference. They want to have an impact in culture. They want to be leaders. And they come back two or three times. Most of our students have have been through our program at least three times. And we have two teams, so we rotate teams. So returning students don't hear the same lectures. And we also have alumni tracks, so we are able to dig deeper into different issues. But again, it's framed by those three different categories, worldviews, evangelism, and apologetics, how to share and defend your faith, and then also servant leadership skills. So, Bill, let's talk for just a minute about the servant part of leadership, because I think to define leadership, I mean, you have to have the word servant. I mean, the best leaders right. are the best servants. So how do you teach that? How do you emphasize that? And then how do you address that in your practicum? In the practicum, they have to work as a team. And and again, I'll refer back to Randy Sims' book, The Greatest Among You. It's based on Jesus saying, the greatest among you will be the least among the you, least the among servant you. of all. Mm -hmm. And so the emphasis is on being a servant leadership. You have to have uh, strength under control. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have to have the ability to give it away. That's part of leadership is, is that it's not about you, it's to give it away. And so there are various factors that play in throughout the week in their small groups. They find that uh, there are certain characteristics and strengths that each person has in the small group, but each one is valued. We teach that everybody's a leader. Everybody has influence, okay? That's right. And uh, influence is really the, de is the foundation of leadership. Right, uh, right. I could exercise influence right now and just start screaming, and it would disrupt this podcast, right? Okay. Would it would uh, be highly well, entertaining, but it would be very disruptive. Well, well right now, my, my daughter's cat is, is pawing at the door and exercising influence, right? 
Okay. So everybody is a leader. It just depends on where they're going to lead, how they're going to influence. And we want them to have a biblical worldview in all of these areas. So we put that into practice in practicums. We put it in practice in small groups, not just in lectures. And so when they leave, we encourage them to go back and have an impact in their culture. Rarely do we do we get feedback, but when we do, it's it's memorable about the impact that camp has had on students. I recall one specifically where a student had gone through camp. I think he'd been through camp two or three times, and and he was in his freshman class, first class of his freshman year in college in a lecture hall, and the professor started out and he said, I ask this question every year, is there anybody here who believes that, that God exists? And this student raised his hand and the professor walked over and pointed at him and he said, we're going to spend the rest of the semester telling you why this guy is an idiot. Okay. And, and so throughout the rest of the semester, this student didn't cower. He didn't retreat. He didn't pull back. He used the tools that we train them to use at Worldview Academy leadership camps with the four questions and all the skills that he learned to ask questions throughout the semester of the professor. At the end of the semester, the professor said, I do this every semester. He said, I'm going to ask again, how many of you still believe that God exists? Over 15 students raised their hands with this student. Wow. That is an amazing story. Yeah. That is That's the you... impact that, that one person can have in, in exercising leadership skills and using the questions that we teach them to use at Worldview Academy and to being bold and relying on the reliability of Scripture. So that's how it plays out. There are other stories like that, but that's what we're aiming for. We want to be fruitful and multiply. We want to make disciples. We want to replace ourselves. This next generation has a zeal. Youth have a zeal. We just don't challenge them to commit their lives to the cause of Christ. Christians, non-Christians, they want to commit their lives to a cause. Worth dying for. I mean, if it's worth living yes. for, it's worth dying for. Worth living for. And if we don't challenge them with the cause of Christ, the world will offer counterfeits. They are fruitless counterfeits, but they will commit their lives to them. And that's what Worldview Academy leadership camps seek to do to train students to think and then live in accord with a biblical worldview because it's worth living for. So there's two things that I want to go back to that you said. One was from the Barbie movie, you know, just the lyrics of the song, What Was I Made For? And if we can answer that as parents, if we can teach our children what they were made for, that they were made in the image of God to love him and give him glory and to serve other people, use their gifts, you know, for the kingdom. If we can give them that purpose, I mean, we have just leapfrogged over all the great philosophers, Descartes, all of the people who are existential. And we, from a very young age, can give them hope for the reason of their existence. 
And it's, I don't think that's ever been so important. And so now I want to jump to when Ty was in college. And, you know, Ty was at Worldview Academy. And right. so he was somehow ended up in this night course. And it was mainly professionals working on a degree or an advanced degree. And it was a philosophy class. And about halfway through the semester, Ty raised his hand and he said, I'll call him Professor Smith. Every week you tell us why we shouldn't believe in God. And he said, don't you think it's fair that we should have one hour of this class to devoted? Why those of us who are Christians believe in God? And he said, yeah, Ty, you can have the next class. So he gave him the next class to talk about the reasons for his faith and why he believed in God and, you know, what it meant to be a believer. And the interesting thing that happens is when you have one person with courage, it gives everybody else a stronger backbone. And so you raise that one leader, it can impact hundreds and give them more strength and courage. Going back to the, you know, that, that last point that I made, that there's a lack of concern for liberty. Mm -hmm. It's because Christians... And Christian students don't know what the Bible has to say about true authority, what our Constitution has to say about our liberties. Because of that, they will either cower in fear or they will do something foolish and stupid. Mm -hmm. And so without understanding those two things, the biblical basis for true authority and the foundation of our nation— then they will do those two things. That's why I said there's a lack of concern. There's an apathy. And yet when students learn their liberties, when they understand how to question authority, when they understand the Bible's relevance in every aspect of culture, when they are no longer confused and tossed by the opinions of the world, but rely on the revealed truth of the word of God, then there is no moral bankruptcy. So we can solve this problem within the church if we would start teaching jurisdiction for one thing, and then in having students take what they're learning and go out and do it. You know, it's almost like giving the pep talk during halftime to your team and getting them all pumped to go back out on the field, and then they find that the door to the locker room is locked, and they can't get back on the field. We've got to get them out on the field. We've got to take them out and have them do it. That's why the evangelism practicum, which is only 45 minutes long, transforms camp. Worldview Academy, if it's not the best week of your student's life, I'll refund your money. Now, you got to find me after camp, but I'll refund your money. <laughs> but not no serious. In 30 years of doing this, I've yet to have a single student ask for his money back. Tell us one more time how people can find a camp in their area. Just go to our website, worldview.org, and the camp locations are listed, and there's going to be a camp near you. It's week-long, starts on Sunday, ends on Friday at noon, but it is it is an intense week. And for those who are looking for an alternative to the regular education path, there, we have a bridge year program. It's worldviewbridgeyear.com, and it's down in Canyon City. It's a two-semester program for students, again, who want to get grounded in their faith before they hit college or their career path. 
and they can receive most of their humanities credits, fully transferable credits there. So that's amazing. I'm it. I have the greatest job in the world. You know, it, the, there are times when I look back and I question. There were times when I questioned just what I'd done to my family by doing this. I could have I could have taught for you know twenty thirty years and retired and and that would have been it. Um, and yet God called me to this. My wife graciously supported me in this. She she died about almost five years ago. People ask, you know, how long it was. And I, I said, well, my head says it was five years ago. My heart says it was this morning. Um, but I remember um, talking to my son, one one of my sons, and kind of apologizing for what I put him through. And he said, Dad, he said, he said, it was the greatest experience of my life. We got to go places we never would have gone before. I got to see things I never would have seen. He said, it was the greatest childhood ever. And so God is gracious despite me. My favorite saying is, if God can use Balaam's jackass, then maybe God can use Bill Jack. I'm a bit... I'm a bit more stubborn than Balaam's donkey, and I couldn't have done it if uh, if Tabby hadn't been willing to stand next to me. That's right. You know, I think one of the strengths of your ministry, Bill, was the strength of your marriage. Like you said, Tabby was your greatest critic and your greatest fan. And, you know, all marriages should be that way, where they they really impact the world through the strength they they give us individually. And, and I know, Tabby, it was that for you. Um, I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't mean for it to sound hollow, but it sure does make heaven look good, doesn't it? Yep. And, you know, it's, um, I know she's in a better place, but I'm not. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know the separation. I look at Joe, and we've been married now for so long, and I can't face the thought of not having him every day. I, I know it's God's grace, but I know it's grief. We love you so much. And you much know, it's, it's, it's uh, a friend of mine says, you know, the, the, that you get ambushed by grief bombs. Um, mm-hmm. I was sitting in church oh, Sunday and, mm-hmm. and uh, sitting in church Sunday and, and uh, I just happened to put my arm on the seat next to me and realized it was empty. Mm-hmm. And um, Tart. God knows better than I. So one of the blessings is that she hasn't had to face what we've gone through the past three or four years. All the mess. That is true. Yes, that's true. Well, Bill, I, I just want to thank you again for being with us today. I want to thank you for your life and your kids and your marriage and for really running a marathon to give kids a chance at having a, a life that's full of, of love, joy, peace, because they have embraced a biblical worldview. So thank you so much for being with us. It, it has been a joy to be with you, and it's been a joy to be on this journey for the past 40-plus years. So, and, and God's and gracious. different places our, our lives have intersected have made me so much richer. So I want to take just a minute to talk to the moms out there who are really concerned about their kids not having a biblical worldview. And that's exactly where I was after I listened to the Francis Schaeffer video series, How Should We Then Live? I thought I've got to relearn life and thinking and academics and teach it to my children. 
I'm so thankful that BJU Press Homeschool is a sponsor of this podcast. And I want to let you know in the day-to-day teaching K through 12, there is a curriculum for you that upholds and teaches and integrates a biblical worldview in every book, in every page of what they're doing, whether it's looking at literature and learning how to analyze it. Uh, No matter what it is, there is a strong biblical worldview in their videos and in their books. If you're interested, you can go to homeschoolhelp.com slash map and click on your state. You'll find a consultant near you who can answer your questions about the curriculum. But like Bill, I feel like my whole adult life has been devoted to wanting to, to help my children and then others embrace a biblical worldview, not for the academics of it, although it certainly holds up academics, but because it does show us what we were made for. It gives us purpose in our life, and it leads us to Christ and to embrace the culture rather than to run from it. And so, so Bill, thank you so much. And we know that, Bill, where can they find you? I know they can find the camps at worldview.org. Where can they find you? They can just contact me at billjack4987 at gmail. And I can't encourage you enough as your kids get into that 13 to 18 year old uh, range to look into Worldview Academy and make that commitment to send them there. As much as you teach them Worldview in your home, it's so great for them to be among their peers in a community like that where they're being taught that intensive, it's really a biblical worldview intensive with a practical aspect. As always, you can find me at zantyler.com and on social media. And we just pray that God continues to bless you and your family. Until next time, bye.